0: This is Problem Solved, the IISE podcast, where we talk to industrial and systems engineers about their work, ideas, and solutions. Welcome to another episode of Problem Solve, the ISE podcast. I'm Keith Albertson, I'm the managing editor of ISE Magazine here at our studios in Peachtree Corners. We're joined by our guest today, Bree Alzate. She is an industrial engineer with AI Solutions, They are the prime contractor supporting NASA's launch services program at the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. Bree joins us here to talk about her work with NASA, but also a topic that she touched on in a presentation at the annual conference on how she and her group look to pass on key knowledge within her IE network group. Uh, It's also featured in an article in the September issue of ISE Magazine we hope you'll be looking for. Bree, welcome. We're glad to have you with us today.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Before we kind of get into the topic of of what you do with NASA and your presentation and article, give us a little background on yourself. How did you become interested in becoming an industrial engineer and pursuing that as a career? So
1: growing up, which we're here in Peachtree Corners at the headquarters, and um, I'm actually from the area, so I'm here live next to Keith for all of you listening. So growing up, I was really good at math and science, and I wasn't too into reading and writing, and I'd rather do 100 math problems than... Then write an essay. So that naturally kind of led me to wanting to become an engineer because you know we solve crucial problems using math and science. So um, I actually went to the University of Illinois, go Illini, and I majored in general engineering, which at the time was uh, a sister program to industrial engineering, except you got to pick a secondary field. So I chose manufacturing engineering. So I graduated there in 2013. And fun fact, I was a division one athlete. I played tennis. So shout out to all the athlete engineers. It was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. So, that's kind of how I got into industrial engineering. Well,
0: I'm curious, did learning about industrial engineering help your tennis game at all? Did you work on your serve with any sort of uh, principles involved?
1: I wish I could come up with a crafty response and say yes, but probably no. <laughs> I was I was pretty psychotic on the court. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was, it was something I trained my whole life to do. So, actually... Now that I'm thinking about it, I think being an engineer and being an athlete that could also do engineering and be a student athlete was probably helped because it takes a lot of time management to be able to get through that degree and also be an athlete at a Division One school. And
0: as you uh, left school and sort of came into the IE profession, you, you wound up in Florida. You had done, I think, an internship with Disney, as I recall. From I your did. Bio. Did you ever think uh, when you started out that in engineering that you would be involved in in aerospace and the space program? Is that something that you had an interest in?
1: Never in a million years. I always actually dreamt of being an engineer for Disney. And so, like you mentioned, I interned with Disney right after I graduated college. Unfortunately, they didn't have any entry-level positions as I was finishing up my internship. So I looked elsewhere and Kennedy Space Center was just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Orlando, where Disney is on the East Coast. So I applied to my current company, AI Solutions, and got the position and joined the team in 2014. And yeah, I, I would say I never jumped of it because here in Atlanta, where we are right now, there's really no aerospace presence at all. So growing up, I was never surrounded by any aerospace companies or, you know, I never watched the shuttle launch. And But people out at Kennedy Space Center, that's kind of how they grew up in that business so I I never dreamt that I myself would be there well
0: we love space here at ISC anyone who's read the magazine in recent uh, months knows we we, we love the topic it's a really interesting aspect of industrial engineering and systems engineering we had a great cover story in July on the Apollo 11 anniversary Um, so we really enjoy the topic and that uh, really I think caught everyone's eye when you had that presentation at annual concerning it was AI Solutions already working with NASA when you joined them
1: yes so so AI Solutions is the prime contractor for the NASA Launch Services Program. So we are directly integrated with the NASA civil servants to accomplish their mission. So if I may, I'll talk a little bit about what the what that mission is. Please, yes. <laughs> so the, Na- the customer of NASA Launch Services Program, which I'll abbreviate as LSP, are all of the government-sponsored science payloads that need to get to space to do science that is going to benefit the American public. So payloads like the Mars rovers, satellites that improve weather and hurricane predictions. Um, One of the more recent ones you may have heard of was the Parker Solar Probe that got some uh, recent news coverage. So that's a satellite that's getting closer to the sun than ever before to to study the sun. So we don't build those spacecrafts at NASA LSP. Um, Our job is to provide the mission assurance. So we're ensuring that these spacecrafts get to the proper orbit, on time and on budget. And then we also select and procure the right rocket for them to to go up because, you know, not every spacecraft has a different destination, a different weight, which not all the rockets can... Can accommodate those characteristics, so we choose the right one for them out of all the commercial companies that make the rockets. So while the spacecraft is focusing on, you know, making sure that their spacecraft works and their science is going to work once it gets on orbit, we're we're over here with NASA LSP making sure that the launch is successful. So we're we're worried about the launch side.
0: So, It's more about process in your case and sort of making sure that uh, everything kind of proceeds in the right way, in the right yep. order, in a systemic way. And yeah,
1: we're not manufacturing anything like. I said. So we're kind of that broker between the spacecraft and the rocket providers.
0: And that's the job of an IE. Just take what's there and make it work. Integrators. Yeah. Okay. Great. Moving on to the topic of your article, you had mentioned sort of an introduction that you were concerned you were losing a lot of long-term institutional knowledge, which I think a lot of people can relate to. When did you come to the point where you thought, well, this is a problem we need to address, that you had, I guess, some veteran engineers who were retiring, who were sort of leaving for whatever reason. And a lot of knowledge was going out the door. Mm -hmm. Uh, When did you think, wow, we need to find an IE way to fix this?
1: Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of really, really smart people in our program, and they really are rocket scientists. It's funny how many times at work we say it's not rocket science, but it really is. Some of them are world renowned experts in their field. And another thing about NASA is that people don't leave. It, it was uh, voted the best agency to work for for years in a row. So people stay there forever because they just love what they do. I'm constantly seeing people getting 30 year service medals all the time, which kind of leads me to say that we have a lot of single point failures. We have a lot of people that are eligible for retirement in the near future and we have a lot of positions with a high level of dependency. And then we have a lot of experienced subject matter experts. I think the latest stat that I saw from our admin office was 18% of our workforce is retirement eligible today. And in the next five years, 27% will be retirement eligible.
0: So you sort of saw this coming, that we yeah. know we're going to be losing some of these folks and we need to get ahead of it.
1: Right. So this was this is generally known at NASA that we've got an aging workforce that's very experienced. Um, and it actually became a topic that our upper management really wanted to focus on at at one of their strategic retreats. So um, they felt like it was an imminent problem. So they, they went off, discussed it. And then when they came back, my IE team is in tune with what kind of their top level, high priority initiatives are. So they, you know, informed us that this was something that they were looking at. And so we kind of took it on as a team, as a project to help them figure out how to capture this this sought after knowledge so that it doesn't leave with these people that are going to be retiring.
0: Mm-hmm. And as you sort of sought this through, did you come up with different plans and different ideas? And I, how did you wind up settling on what you the the process you do now?
1: Yeah. So we really did follow a typical kind of project management process tried to figure out what our scope was. Do we want to limit it to just our program? Do we want to expand it? Um, who are we going to use as teachers? Who are our stakeholders in this? How we were going to roll it out? There was a lot of questions we we had to get answered, but it, it really helped the fact that it was a top-down initiative. So right from the get-go, we had the buy-in from our upper management that this needed to happen. So that, that really helped us as we were kind of planning out the the project.
0: Explain a little bit. They're, they're called Tech Talks, mm-hmm. which is uh, you, you sort of gather team members and go through, I guess, different uh, aspects of uh, the program to pass along this knowledge. Just give us a little idea of how one of these plays out,
1: how one of them works. We have these Tech Talks biweekly or at least monthly. Um, they're about an hour long and they take place in one of our bigger conference rooms. So th- the Tech Talks are an opportunity for anyone in the program to share any sort of, quote, tech technical knowledge that they possess um, that allows our program to be successful. So, just because someone's not an engineer doesn't mean they can't come and share what they do or how they contribute. Um, they have the freedom to present their information however they want. We've had people come in and do Jeopardy-style presentations, um, getting the crowd involved. Uh, we have had people come in and use Legos to convey how a spacecraft build process works. Uh, we've had panels, and we've had we've had people do walk and talks, uh, tours of different facilities that they work in, and, you know... PowerPoint charts, which everyone kind of defaults to, but we try and <laughs> steer away from that. And then some people just get up and talk because they're just good at that. So um, we also have people at remote sites all over, all over the country. So we have to dial them in through Skype and, and get them tuned into, to it, because that's a key thing is we want everybody in our program to be involved. So some things that kind of changed over time, originally, when we first when we first rolled this out, we kind of were targeting a one-and-a-half-hour sessions, these larger briefing room-style locations, um, and we had this set curriculum. But we kind of found that after we rolled it out that, A, people will not pay attention for longer than an hour. And with those big conference room settings, it kind of limits the Q&A and the dialogue that happens because we want to make it more conversational. So we chopped it down to an hour, um, and then we kind of moved it to these smaller conference rooms, but big enough to accommodate people that would attend. We probably have about it's usually between maybe 25 and 40 people attend each time. So really good numbers. Um, and that kind of makes it more conversational. Well,
0: it sounds like the, you try to come up with a way to make it interesting, fun, uh, get more buy-in that way, make it something that your folks look forward to as opposed to a chore that they mm-hmm. have to go sit in a room and listen to somebody talk. Does everybody kind of come up with the ideas on how to present this stuff? Is this a sort of a team thing?
1: Yeah. So originally we did have this set curriculum. So we kind of mapped out our entire program and thought, okay, what are all the different areas we have and and who do we want to to share knowledge about all these things? And it was really, it was mapped out from, you know, the business office to the engineering side to our flight analysis group and the whole gamut of our program. But as we, as we worked through this, we realized that there's a ton of ad hoc topics that people want to present too. So, I mean, just some examples of the of the normal topics that we have that were part of our original curriculum, um, you know, different systems of the rocket like electromagnetic capability or flight software or basics of orbital mechanics or um flight safety systems. So, you know, people coming in and talking about what they do actually on the rock on the rocket, the systems that they that they work on, or buying rockets for NASA. So what is our procurement process look like? Um, But then we kind of expanded it to these more ad hoc topics. Um, so for example, we had a girl attend the International Space University out in the Netherlands last year, and there's very few people from the United States that get selected to go. So when she came back, we had her come and do a tech talk on what she learned and and what her project was and what we could learn in the program from her. Probably our most well-attended tech talks are when people are literally on the verge of retiring you know, that the very next week we get them to come in, do a tech talk, and they talk about their lessons learned and their career, or they just tell stories and the room is packed every time. So it's anytime anybody wants to talk about anything or share any knowledge that will help the program, we invite them in and they can give a tech talk.
0: I'm sure you get a lot of buy-in because everybody loves to talk about what they've done and all the knowledge they have and make sure they pass it on. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. You mentioned, too, um, in your presentation in the article, how it's a it's a great networking opportunity for everyone who works there, too, to kind of connect and share knowledge in an informal way as Mm -hmm. well. Have you seen kind of how the effects of this have have played out in some way as your team does its work?
1: I think it's connected our program just on another level. I mentioned we we do have a lot of attendees and it kind of brings people together it allows you to know who your subject matter experts are out there and what kind of knowledge they possess and then it creates this conversation after the training's over and it's amazing how every time one of the one of the tech talks is over i watch just conversation happening in the room because they kind of get into this dialogue and they don't want to stop and so once you realize Oh, this person's really good at this thing, and I know who they are now, and I know who to go to. It's it's really powerful, and it helps you do your job way more efficiently.
0: Mm-hmm. Get to everybody out of their silos and exactly. be able to uh, collaborate a little mm-hmm. bit. Now, you've done this with the launch team, and and your folks. Is this expanding in any way? Has NASA taking this to other departments, or is this something you see kind of being uh, spread farther than than where you started it?
1: Mm-hmm. At the Kennedy Space Center, they have. This learning academy type thing that does something similar as Tech Talks. Um, But I think that we're a little bit different in that we're very focused on our program specifically and what our challenges are and how we can all work together better. Whereas as a space center as a whole or as NASA as a whole, everyone has such different roles. And sometimes the knowledge isn't as applicable immediately. So we're kind of a way to share knowledge and in a more targeted way. I think it's a really good model and I would love to Share that with with the space center and with with the agency, but it's been it's been working great for us so far.
0: <laughs> and you mentioned too in in the article that it's important that you archive all this, that you manage to record it and put it away, so that those who can't attend, or maybe those who need this knowledge in the future, somebody who joins you down the road, you've got this repository of all this information that you can rely on.
1: Mm-hmm. So I think we all know. As times are changing, everybody can now just YouTube whatever they want to learn about and there's a video for it. So that was one of our main goals is to have these Tech Talks archived for the future. So we video every single Tech Talk. We upload the videos and the presentations themselves um, to our SharePoint site. We tag them by date, presenter, what group they're in, um, and they're available for anybody in the program to access for the remainder of time. So this could be people who have been here for you know, 20 years can, can watch them, but a lot of new hires like to watch them as well because they can kind of get a feel for what goes on in our program. Mm -hmm. And there's, set videos ready for ready to go for them when they get hired on
0: well and as kind of we said from the start i mean this is something that could apply to really any business any industry I mean uh, mm-hmm. so so many businesses are going to lose that knowledge that's been gathered over the years without a wage and and uh, you know any of us who've worked somewhere for a long time can understand how that works is do you maybe see the your ideas passed along to other folks and and, and maybe finding ways if somebody wanted to start their own version of this what would be your advice to them?
1: We've had so much success in this program that I really hope people start a program like this in their own organizations, because like you said, it's so applicable (laughs) to any type of business, not just the space industry. So I think kind of to get started, the key thing that made us successful was that this was a a top-down strategic initiative. So, if this is a problem in your organization you got a lot of people retiring or a lot of really smart people this is something that you should work with your upper management about because at the end of the day you're going to be taking teachers from your workforce so you're going to be using resources Across the board, and you need buy-in for that. That's it's very hard to do that as a grassroots effort. <laughs> so don't don't try to solve a problem that doesn't exist. So if it does exist, work with your work with your management to get it started. Um, I think an, an IE is a perfect role to make this happen. As our industrial engineering group, we are spread throughout the program, and we have this buy-in already as a team to go off and make improvements and make things happen. So we didn't have to work super hard to and make a name for ourselves and beg beg people to tell them that this was a problem. We we just gotta to, got to run with it. So I would definitely say this is a task for an IE or an IE team. And I would also say that it's it's pretty overwhelming at first trying to set up a program this big. But if you really just focus on who your stakeholders are within the organization, those are probably your managers and your leads. Spend a lot of time explaining to them what the benefit is because it's it's pretty easy to explain that. And they typically will buy in pretty quickly mm-hmm. because, again, you're using their people as teachers. And once you got them on board, it's a pretty easy thing to roll out um, as far as, you know, creating a curriculum and well, maybe not an easy thing to roll out. But <laughs> but, you know, if, if you follow that that typical project management life cycle and, and you kind of have everything planned out, once you have people bought in, that's the hardest part. You know, this was this was a very planned out project you know we didn't just throw it together and there was a ton of branding involved with this marketing involved with this we made a logo we made our own you know Outlook account and this was this was bigger than just throwing together some people talking I would say that's some advice I would give is make it deliberate and go above and beyond because people will people will buy in if it looks nice and fancy and and feels like a, a real program that that you spent time on
0: that sounds like it was the key in your case that you didn't just throw something Together. No, you sat down, you mapped it out, you came up with a plan. And that's why it's worked well, because there's probably a lot of businesses and a lot of places where they'll say, hey, let's just throw everybody in a room and start, you know, throwing some slides up on the wall. Right. But the fact that you came up with a way to make it work better, I think, is, is why it's been successful and why a lot of folks would like to maybe adopt it. And if anybody is interested in trying to start something similar and wants a little bit more information, I'm sure Bree would love to help you out with it. You can contact uh, me at IISC and I'll certainly pass you along and she can certainly connect with you and let you know how it worked. And uh, because it's, it's certainly something that will apply to a lot of folks, including uh, here in our headquarters. I'm sure everybody uh, can, can find this a very, very useful tool. So what's next as far as your team and NASA? What are the big projects that you can tell us about that you uh, <laughs> that you have coming.
1: Let's see what I can talk about. <laughs> yes, the um, Russians are listening. The Russians <laughs> definitely are listening. They're always listening. One project that I'm I'm working right now is kind of a smaller project, but we have. I'm sure everybody uses desk phones at work, which are pretty archaic, right? We're all, we all have cell phones. We all are mobile all the time. And a lot of us even forward our desk phones to our cell phones. So one project that uh, was actually given to us recently, we source projects from our program. We have these desk phones. um, We have to get them upgraded in 2021 because they'll go end of life. So let's do a cost benefit analysis on if we upgrade our current hardware, of desk phones or if we move to mobile devices or maybe some other type of software like um, voice over IP software that is, again, doesn't require the hardware. So we're we're working through that right now, kind of sent out surveys to the team and figured out what their attachments are to desk phones because some people are very attached, um, some some aren't. But um yeah, we're, we're working through that right now, and it's a it's a fun one, but it, it's also a political one because some people really like their desk phones. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Some folks cling to old technology, and Yeah, we can relate to that. Well, it's been great. It's very interesting, and uh, we certainly appreciate both the time you spent at annual. Uh, presenting your ideas and in ISE magazine. That's a September issue. We look forward to hearing from you again. We hope you'll stay in touch. And as you come across new and interesting projects with your NASA team, uh, we'd certainly love to hear about them and, and love to kind of keep you involved as much as possible. We appreciate you making that seven hour drive up here from
1: Florida. Just for you guys. We
0: just happen to be in the neighborhood, but we're thankful for that. But it's been a great chat and we, we appreciate all you've done for us. Thanks for, for being with us today.
1: Thanks for having me
0: this has been an episode of problem solved the iise podcast if you like what you've heard then please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues if you're an iise member you can participate in discussions about this and other episodes at connect.iise.org if you're not a member yet then you can learn all about the institute of industrial and systems engineers at our website iise.org thanks for listening to our show